What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford, brought to you by Jack in the Box. We have a lot more in store for this episode. Harry, give him a breakdown. Well, we have an interview with JaVel McGee, where he talks about his vlog in Orlando. And then if you're listening to the audio version of the show, you'll also see our interview or hear our interview with Mark Spears from The Undefeated from ESPN, as he talks about Black Lives Matters and social justice movements within the bubble and outside of it. But uh, we're catching up with Danny right after the Clippers game, a win, first win in the bubble. Danny, how did it feel coming back after that win? And then if you can describe the environment in general. Um, obviously, we're not happy where we are as a group. Um, we know we could have played a lot better. But a win is a win. We're going to take it. Whether it's ugly or not, uh, we're glad it's going the right column. We're that much closer to locking in that number one home court seed, even though there's no home court here. Uh, but the atmosphere was different. Um, you know, it was a wild game, kind of crazy. But I, I think more of the fans could feel it at home and hear the, the fan noise from the TV screen than we can hear in the building. Um, so the atmosphere was a lot different at the end of the game. It wasn't as erratic, as hectic. Um, you don't feel that same energy at the end of the game, but a close game to normally feel. Um, but it was good to get a win. You know, I think we played pretty well. They, they shot very well. Um, outside of that, I think we played well defensively. Um, offensively, we have some kinks here to figure out. Guys didn't have a rhythm. Um, we're figuring that out. So, uh, the next couple games, uh, I think we'll be okay. The interesting thing about the game against the Clippers, I think you saw a great performance defensively from Kyle Kuzma, which is, I know, something that you guys were hoping to get from him. And Frank Vogel's been talking about it during this training camp in the bubble, how much better he's looked. What's your evaluation of Kuz now versus Kuz then during the beginning of this season after the training camp? Oh, he's had a ton of growth, man, especially on the defense side of the floor. Um, for them to try to attack him time and time again and him to play very good containable defense and not give them any easy looks, um, even some questionable calls on him that they had. But he played great defense, used his length, moved his feet, uh, did the game plan that we had. Uh, we're going to need that from him coming throughout. And offensively, uh, you know, been finding his stroke. He's still shooting it very well. Um, he shot it obviously greatly throughout training camp and had some good scrimmages. Uh, tonight, shot it well, had some good buckets for us. Um, but, you know, he's still finding his rhythm just like everybody else. And, and once he finds his rhythm, I think he'll be a, a, a huge plus for us off the bench. You talked about uh, being targeted, Kyle Kuzma potentially being targeted or something they try to do, the Clippers. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we saw you guys do in that March matchup, LeBron specifically going after Lou Williams. And so that's something – that Clippers fans are going to say in regards to the result. Oh, Lou Williams didn't play. Montrezl Harrell didn't play. But at the same time, we've seen that their presence on the court can be compromised because somebody like LeBron might take advantage of the match or get a switch. Or AD, he's just a monster. So it's going to be hard to contain with anybody, especially if you can force a switch off of Montrezl Harrell. How much do you guys factor Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell not playing? I think that's the name of the game in our sport. Um, and we all, every team factors us, it's getting the mismatch. You also want to play good basketball, uh, but you want to try to get your star players. Um, obviously, they can score on anybody, but you want them to score, score against or make it easier for them by getting a mismatch on them. So whoever we can throw in there, or set it, whether it's a smaller player, not in the weakest defender, but a small player, screen for AD, make them switch, or screen for Brian, make them switch. And obviously, they have to double. So once they force a double team, those guys make the plays and quarterback it and either score or find us on the weak side. So... Um, that's the name of the game these days. Um, so we're going to try to attack as much as possible, just like other teams are. Um, and I think we have the depth, the length, and defensive capabilities to not have any lapses and have nobody that they can attack. That's the key. Um, so 
I'm sure down the stretch they'll try to make some substitutions as well, whatever team it is. But so we usually try to attack whoever it is, the smallest guy, and try to get them to switch on to our, you know, our superstars. Indulge me in some X and O's talk real quick. Mm-hmm. So Paul George, he was going off. And for the most part, you contested a lot of his shots. He just hit him. He hit him. Hit him. Uh-huh. But that last play, not the one where LeBron switched, the one before that when they were down three. Mm-hmm. They were trying to force a switch or a miscommunication on defense, and it looked like that's what happened between you and LeBron. PG did that slight hesitation, mm-hmm. and then he got off the three. What, what happened there? Exactly what you said. Um, slight miscommunication, slight hesitation. Um, you know, we haven't – we looked at some clips on film, but we haven't really gone over that one. Obviously, we're going to discuss it. Um, when that, we're going to be in that situation again, so we have to discuss it and then go over it. We haven't have had time to walk through it um, from time last night to game time to, to now. Uh, there is no real gym time to recover and, and go over things, so everything has to be in film. Uh, but when we do go over it, I'm sure we'll figure it out and clean it up. Uh, but it's just simple miscommunication of us having to be more aggressive and, and more – assertive with our communication and making sure that we're on the same page uh, because we can't have plays like that happen. Yeah, regardless, it was still a really tough shot. It was a tough shot, man. He had some tough ones, man. And that's why you got to kind of take away those. When those guys are hot, you got to try to take away their airspace. Um, but, you know, they had some good plays in the stretch. They could have They had out of bounds call that, that went their way to help them, AD. And they had the one where, you know, Kawhi had lost the ball midair, came down with it, and then kicked it to Paul, hit another three. Uh, those plays were big, man. Those were momentum swingers for them. And um, luckily, LeBron, you know, attacked at the end and, and followed his shot and, and made a big play for us as well. Before we get into the upcoming schedule or games that you're looking forward to playing, uh, how – I know we spoke to Mark Spears about what it would feel like to play in this environment, not just with it being in the middle of a pandemic, but during the social justice movement. Uh, wearing how many more on your back of your jersey, seeing Black Lives Matter on the court, uh, having that moment during the national anthem. How would you describe the emotions that went into the game or the feelings that went into it with that being a factor? Like Mark Spears said, man, we, when we chopped it up with him, uh, you know, we, I just tried to take a moment, take a breath and try to embrace it and let it all sink in. Uh, but it was a beautiful moment, man, that we all kind of came together as, as a unit, uh, as a unified group, unified organization, unified league. Uh, so let the people know, you know, we haven't lost sight of, what, you know, obviously this thing's bigger than basketball. We haven't lost sight of what's important in the world and what's important in our communities and, and in our country. Um, so that it, was, it was beautiful to see everybody kind of you know, come together and take a stand and kind of have a unified voice. Um, and we're trying to continue that throughout the duration of our stay here, duration of our playing. And hopefully so that nothing gets drowned out or lost and we get some progress done while we're down here, not just on the court, but off the court as well and in our communities and in our country. Looking forward to uh, various matchups. Uh, one matchup that you know I'm going to be fond of is mm-hmm. the one against the Raptors. First mm-hmm. and foremost, uh-huh. do you, earlier this week, uh, somebody from Toronto texted me and gave me some information. Yeah. Do you know how many positive coronavirus tests they're pretty much averaging over the last couple of days? You want to take a guess? In Canada? In, in Toronto, specifically. On average per day in Toronto? Mm-hmm. I, I would assume it's very low, a lot lower than the United States. Um, take a, take a no, numerical guess. Cases per day in Toronto. I would say maybe 50. 
Bro, earlier this week, they had a day with seven positive cases. I think, early, and then two days ago, they had a day with one positive case. Really? So they're on average, what, about 10 positive cases? Yeah, right? it's like pretty much under double digits a day. That's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. It's hard to believe. So we had, I think, in New York one time, zero cases one time. It was a historic day. Um, but since then, I don't think there's ever been a day in any state in, in America where there's been only one positive case. There's got to be at least 50 to 100 cases in every state, probably, in the United States. Uh, but it seems like they figured it out. we got to figure it out as well. well. It seems like we're always kind of behind the, the eight ball, behind the curve a little bit. Uh, but it starts with voting. Hopefully get people out there voting, getting the right people in the right places, uh, a position of power to make sure that we have these things under control, prepare for them when they do come. Yeah, for sure. And obviously it's getting real bad here in California. So my thoughts are with everybody who's been impacted, not just their health, uh, but their mental and financial health as well. Uh, obviously we're hoping and rooting for everybody to get through this pandemic. But what can help during this pandemic is basketball. So let's talk about the Raptors. And specifically, how do you feel about the potential of getting your ring in the bubble? Uh, not too excited about that. Um, I'd rather do it sit in front of the fans in the city uh, where I played, where I spent a great year. Um, but I'm not opposed to getting my ring. But we had spoken about it. They reached out to me. They asked me, um, which is amazing. So their front office has always been top-notch, and they always – Make sure they check in and ask us what's going on, our opinion, and get some feedback. So, uh, you know, my hat's off to Bobby and Masai and all those guys, everybody in the offices, always keeping in contact, make sure we're good. And I've seen them, got a chance to sit down and talk with them a little bit. Um, but they asked me my preference, and I told them, me and Phil, we prefer to probably just do it in the city. We're able to play in arenas again. Um, they wanted to do one here, a small one, and then do another one there, too. And I said it was not necessary. You know, you guys can just hold on to it. I'm in no rush to get it. I'll, I'll get my ring when I get it. I mean, they all know I have uh, the accolades written down in the book, so that's more important than anything. So uh, hopefully we have the normalcy soon uh, where arena's open for next season and we can go back to travel to Toronto and actually have a ceremony. Yeah, I think that's the best way, even though I guess it would be nice. I guess some form of acknowledgement would be cool to see, but at the same time, uh, there's so much going on, it kind of feels misplaced. For sure. So I think it's just, it's not even about me and Phil. I think it's more for the city of Toronto to be able to celebrate that with them um, again. You know, because they, any chance any city can relive those moments uh, with certain people, certain players, certain events, um, you want to give that opportunity for them to both share it with you. Um, and also my family and friends, too, that wanted to come up and see that game. They want to be there for that. They're not able to do that in this bubble. Um, they're not able to come here and celebrate or, you know, acknowledge or embrace that. Um, so hopefully so when things get back to normal, we can allow all those people outside of ourselves to be able to enjoy that moment. So you've played the Raptors already this year. you played the Bucks this year. You, you know how they look. You've played the Sixers as well in Philadelphia. And that didn't turn out too well. Um, who's the favorite out of the East? Would you consider this? Obviously, all these matchups, Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, Celtics, you can all consider them potential finals previews. Mm -hmm. But who's the likely team to be in the finals? I think from the most, East? People, most people would probably predict Milwaukee. Um, and if not them, I think they would like to see probably Boston. They always want to see LA Boston rivalry type uh, finals. Um, but any of those teams are very much capable of getting to that final stage, Toronto, Philly, even Miami, um, depending on who stays healthy, who doesn't. 
Um, so there's a different format here as every other day. Some guys might go hold up. Some guys might not be able to. Some guys might have to leave. You know, family matters, issues, uh, injuries. So we just had Rondo be out for six to eight weeks. Um, so it, it depends on who stays healthy, who doesn't. So any of those teams can come out. But I think the most likely team that people are looking at is Milwaukee. And then behind them, you know, probably Boston or uh, – I want to say Philly. Yeah, probably Boston or – Probably Boston and Philly, I guess. I don't know. They're kind of count out Toronto. But I think Toronto definitely um, can, can make some things happen. I think they can definitely be one of those teams. I think they could be, you know, it could be a, Boston, a Toronto-Milwaukee matchup again in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, depending on Fred gets hot again, playoff norm emerges, OG comes out to play the, the, the player he is, and obviously Pascal and Kalo doing what they do, and Serge and Mark picking up the slack at the bigs. Um, it'll be very interesting. So before we get to our interview with Javel, there's two things. Mm -hmm. So you've been in the bubble for a while now, and shout out to Amjad for hooking you up with the Lingo Live connection. Yes, sir. You've been learning this in Spanish. How often do you have class? How often? Yeah. About three times a week, um, usually at nighttime. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll do it like 9 p.m. Um, like about 45-minute classes. It's, it's cool, man. I got a, my guy, Eduardo. He's my teacher. He's my professor if you will. And, you know, it's been a good dialogue. It's first getting to know each other first. Then it's like, what kind of things you want to learn about? What kind of things are you on a day to day? And then we get into the basics. So right now I'm still getting into the basics and trying to memorize the basics. I probably could do some more studying. Um, but so far it's going pretty smooth. It's going to take some time, just little by little, but it's going to take some time for me to get there. What's the likelihood that you execute? What up, what up? This is Danny Green. Welcome to Inside the Green Room presented by Jack in the Box. What's the likelihood that you execute that perfectly in Spanish by the next time we tape an episode? Uh, very unlikely. The next time we tape, depends on how long about it is. You give me a month, I should be able to do it. You give me a month, um, I should be able to do that easily. Um, so, okay. You know, he's, he's been pretty good, man. The, fluent, the fluency, I don't know what the word is, uh, but it'll, it's starting to come a little bit smooth, a little bit better um, with each lesson. But I think after a month, things will become a little bit more habitual because you're still, when you're learning a language, you still think in English first then and try to translate to Spanish. Try to think, oh, in English, what does this word mean? Um, so he's trying to get me to not do that and not think English, Spanish, but think just Spanish lane and then English lane. And then if you do that, I think he says it makes it easier, but it's hard to do. Okay. And then finally, before Javel's interview, in his vlog, you revealed that one of the things that you were missing in the bubble the cereal. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the best cereal is. Shout out Razor Brand Crunch. Which ones <laughs> did you get into the bubble? Have you gotten them yet? I know there's like a backlog of a bunch of shipments. Amazon, my, Amazon, my Amazon shipment. Shout out to Hank. <laughs> I had him, uh, uh, I had him on, we, on the vlog. I don't know if you watched JaVale's vlog, but I was talking to my guy, Hank. Andrew, he's our equipment manager, but also does a lot of packages. And I, he's, it was funny as hell clip. I'm like, hey, we, Amazon package. Like, okay, there's cereal in this bitch. And, you know, it was a kind of funny scene. Uh, but I did get a shipment of my cereal. I did go to Amazon. Amazon Fresh is not allowed here, but we do regular Amazon. But I did get my Fruity Pebbles. I did get my, I didn't get my Frosted Flakes and Captain Crunch yet, but I got Fruity Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And what was the other one? Lucky Charms. There you go. So do you just rotate cereals? Like, you got a Monday cereal, a Tuesday Ooh, cereal, a, a Vibe cereal? Cereal every day, bro. Come on. Bro. You got to change it up a little bit. It's usually on the move. What are you in the move for? You know, what's the feel? You got to have options. Okay. After a win, at, at the day after a win, 
what what's this what was the cereal vibe or what would be if you don't have it i mean right now probably like lucky charms or something like that um it depends on usually most nights late nights you use frosted flakes uh depending if you want something sweet or not depending on you know what i'm saying fruity pebbles sometimes but yeah okay um it's a poor choice of cereal frosted flakes get soggy so fast a lot of people would disagree. Frosted Flakes is actually a really good late night snack, and Lucky Charms is a nice little, you know, sweet pick me up type thing. Okay, well, as long as you're pouring the milk first, you'll be all right. Cinnamon all right. So too is a good one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. You can't go wrong with that one. Again, just pour this milk first, milk and you'll be good. Rice pouring milk first is terrible. <laughs> all right, uh, that's it. We got to bring in Javel. We'll be back with more inside the green room. All right, all right, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by Jack in the Box. Order your favorites like Jumbo Jacks, Curly Fries, or two tacos all day, every day using their mobile app, drive through or delivery. We got a second time appearance during quarantine. Big Dog Javel. What's up, Big Dog? Appreciate you having, uh, coming on the show. Appreciate you having me on your show on the vlog. Um, how did I do, by the way? Tell the people how I... Amazing job. They had, they had comments, though. They were saying they, were saying they wished, like, when you would do the Spanish class, you showed him a little bit of you trying to do the Spanish. You know I, don't want to, I don't want to show him how terrible I was. It's still, it's still very early. I had a long ways to go. They loved it. What? They would have yeah. loved it. When I get back, when I get better, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on and actually show him some of the Spanish class and actually how well I pronounce or enunciate words in Espanol. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but where did that inspiration come from? Where did you start with the vlog? How did that, with that uh, idea come so I did, I did like, I used to do it like all the time and just put it on YouTube when I was younger, like early in the league, but it wasn't a thing. Like that wasn't a thing. You didn't have YouTubers who were actually making money. and Like you didn't know what that was back then. Mm-hmm. So then uh, on my trip to at the bubble, I was packing up all my electronics because I stream video games too. So I was packing up all my electronics and I'm on FaceTime with my media director with Devin. And uh, he, I'm like, should I bring my camera? He like, yeah, why not? Maybe you can like do a vlog or something. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I could, I could do a vlog. I was talking about that. All right, I'll take it. Here <laughs> on out. I was vlogging everything. Just on the fly, huh? I just came to my left. All right, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, let's do it. Let's see <laughs> wow. how that goes. I had all the equipment. I had everything for it. Wow, that's how it starts. How it all starts. Yeah. So, Javel, from my understanding, you always had an interest in film. And you wanted to study it in college, mm-hmm. but the two schools that offered it were only going to redshirt you. Correct. You want to call those schools out for making a big ass mistake? No, nah, I, you know, I ain't gonna call them out. You know, and one of them was USC though, for sure. <laughs> USC, and I really wanted to go to USC too, just because my mom went to USC, so it was like it was like family. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you went out. But it was like family, so I'm like, man, I really want to go to USC just because I'm on with USC, play basketball, so that would be pretty cool. But other than that, it was cool. Everything worked out. So now that you're in the bubble, obviously the focus is the games, but at some point you will have the ability to bring your family members. Is that something you're considering doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I miss my daughter a lot, so... I need to go ahead and get out. And I'm at Disney World. Like, this is like heaven for her. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely got to get her out here. So when you bring her to Disney World, 
She's gonna see she's gonna see Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and all of these. You guys probably know better than I do. I, I, it's been a long time since I've been to Disney World. But uh, from my understanding, I mean, I'm surprised that she might like the Disney World atmosphere because from my understanding, she's not a big fan of Santa Claus. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, old, old bearded white man that she has to sit on his lap? No, sir. She wouldn't do that. So she's scared of Santa Claus. Is she, do you think she'd be scared? Has she seen a Mickey or a Minnie Mouse or a Winnie the Pooh or Tigger? She hasn't seen, like, the person, one of those. But for her birthday, was it her three-year-old birthday? I, I sent Peppa Pig to the house to Peppa drop some balloons off. She wasn't scared of Peppa Pig, you know what I'm saying? So she might, I don't think she's going to be scared of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse just because she knows those characters. Okay. I feel it. Well, because one of the things I saw in an interview you did, it was a, multiple, a multitude of items you said you would, can't go without. Yeah. And one of those was three pictures of your daughter with Santa Claus, and she looks angry in all of them. Yes. <laughs> every, every picture, it was like older, bigger, like she's getting stronger and more uh, alert. So every time the Santa Claus, you can see the new Santa Claus is like struggling, like, damn, it's getting stronger. Um, so I just want to get one until she's like 18, a picture of the same thing. That's dope. So she's gonna, so she's gonna know about Santa Claus. So she's eighteen. Do you think she's gonna, you're gonna keep it going alive? Is she? I'd say probably like around twelve or thirteen. Someone's gonna tell her. She's gonna have access to the internet. Then she can figure. Yeah. It out. <laughs> but I'm still making her go sit down on the Santa. Claus. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm all for that, bro. I don't know how it's gonna work with this COVID going on. It might, we might have to skip this this uh, year. Definitely. Speaking of man, before we get into basketball, because so much is going on with the COVID. Um, how has that impacted the Jug Life Foundation that you have going on? Please explain to the people first what the Jug Life is about and how it's been impacted because of COVID-19. Uh, so the Jug Life Foundation is me and my business partner, Kez Reed's uh, foundation. We build water wells in Uganda, and uh, we, we also teach kids um, around the country about uh, uh, how to live a healthy and active lifestyle style by, living, by drinking lots and lots of water. Um, every summer we go to Africa, um, Uganda to be exact, okay. and we, we, we go and see the wells that we've built. I think we've built like five or six so far, um, but it's just, it's an amazing thing. And I had never been to Africa until I started the foundation and it's an amazing journey. I've never been either, man. I've always been looking forward to going there and checking it out. Um, you'll get back to motherland one of these days, but. Hopefully I get a chance to check out. You like Uganda? Uganda is, is really nice there, like outside of the... You got nice parts. You got, you got bad parts, um, dangerous parts. Uganda is really a, a really big country and with is it, different aspects. Is like real Americanized over in those places too? Not no? really. Not really. Uh, certain parts, sort of Americanized. They have nice hotels and it's like, dude, you'll be like, okay, this is the fancy part of, of Uganda. Um, but it, it's really a third world country for real. Yeah. But because of social media, how things have blown up over the past years, everybody's known you uh, for the whole Shaq and a Fool thing. Um, and we might have talked about this or touched on it last time you were on. Uh, describe your relationship with Diesel today, Big Shaq now. Um, are y'all cool? Are y'all versed? Um, has he respected you a little more? Or, or is it still kind of like a little bit of tension? Uh, I don't think it's tension. Um, it's more of just cordialness. Mm -hmm. like we're not just calling each other like, hey, let's go to the movies type stuff. But uh, 
Yeah, it's definitely cordialness. Like he he obviously expressed how I felt about the situation. I don't think I, I don't think from the whole situation he understood how serious it was or what was really going on from a different perspective. Um because obviously Shaq has always been uh, a great center, but always goofy and just having fun and things. So you don't really see the impact that it has on, on the opposite side to where you're like, I haven't always been the, the starting center here, the starting center there. Um, I've always been a great player, but just situations haven't been in my favor all the time. So he didn't really understand what aspect he was like, just think of thinking about it now. You're just like, okay, one of the best, centers ever like a form uh like hall of fame center is talking about somebody constantly all those fans are going to come from Shaq's side and be like oh uh i don't like him you just because Shaq don't like because he make fun of him. you know what i'm saying like people are like that really people are like that so it really changes the perspective of of someone's it can really turn turn someone's career around depending on what people say about it yeah media area if it wasn't for social media, would I wouldn't have never said anything. If if he was just on TV, like, oh, look at this dumb play that Javel did, cool, whatever. But the fact that you can put it on Twitter, you can put it on Instagram, you can put it on TikTok, you can put it on as so many aspects of social media and get everybody's view of what's going on, and everybody's like, oh, it must be true, it must be true, and this is all I see. I haven't seen any highlights, so this must be the truth. So, yeah. It definitely can affect a lot of people, a lot of people's careers from a great coming from them instead of speaking on it in a negative way, exactly. which nobody likes. Different um, if it's just the reporters saying. Definitely. It, speak, speaking of which, and I know Kendrick Perkins uh, gets some heat sometimes because he comes down hard at players, and Danny might experiment with being an analyst when he's done playing. Javel, how do former players keep it real? on camera and still get respected when they walk into the arena. How would you like to be covered from somebody like Danny who might not be, who might have a strong opinion against you or sport opinion for you? And that's his job. But at the same time, he, he wants to have love, be shown love when uh, he walks into Staples Center or, or wherever he might be. There's certain ways you can, you can speak about a play or a player. So someone misses a layup, you have two options. You can be like, oh, he's horrible. How can he miss that layup? Or you can be like, damn, he missed the layup. That was an easy one. He'll get him next time. Two different things said, two, or two, two of the same things said in two different ways that don't demean the player, don't let people who are listening take your word, like, oh, he is a horrible player. You know what I'm saying? Because he missed the layup. Oh, everybody misses a layup. So it's just certain things like that. That it's an aspect as a player for sure. If you're going to be an analyst, you have to be sensitive to the fact that you could adjust this person's livelihood. You mm. you, you make ten you make ten videos and tell everybody that this guy's horrible. Now the next GM that comes around shorts this guy four or five million. Like he's have you seen the videos on on the internet of what he does? So it really affects you. It really can affect you. Speaking I guess it would come down to finding a good balance because you still, if somebody misses a layup, you want somebody to say, he smoked the layup, I don't know why. Oh, he smoked that for sure. But saying, oh, he smoked that, and then saying he's a horrible person and player (laughs) are two different things. 
Yeah, there's different ways to say, like, oh, he should have finished that one. That's the easy one. That's the one. That, oh, that's the one that they needed. They needed that one. They needed that basket. Exactly. Um, there's ways to, to, to say it in, uh, in, in a different light. Um, but moving on to a different subject um, and a subject that hopefully by the end of this we can celebrate. Um, if we follow through and end this so we finish out the bubble as long as we can go in October, mid-October, and we actually get it done this year, this will be our third title for the both of us. Where would you rank, where would you rank this one among the three, if we were to do it, uh, knock on wood, hopefully we do, and we're working on it, but where would you rank that third one if we were to get that third one? Uh, the hardest one. I would yeah. rank it as the hardest. Just because you did a three-month hiatus, and not a three-month hiatus to where you can actually go work out with your team still and things like that. Like, people don't understand, like, a summer for an NBA player is like, Okay, if I'm in the homes, the home city or the city of the team, if I'm if I live there in the summer where we're not playing seasons over, I can at least go into the facilities and use the ice tub, massage therapist, the the state of the art weight room, the court. You got a hundred basketballs in there. It's just it's it's a, a a plethora of you can be great. We have everything here for you. We went three months not being able to go to the gym at all, like our facility at all so some people had to work out by themselves some people had to hire trainers like literally come out of their own pocket hire trainers in the middle of the season you know what i'm saying that's usually a summer thing but in the middle of the season so this is totally different circumstances um and then the fact that we're isolated away from our families now um we're staying in a hotel in orlando for three months with our teammates. So this is like the longest AU trip I've ever had in my life. I would have to agree, man. I think this would be definitely the toughest one by far, just because of the circumstances of the pandemic, um, having gone through a hiatus, uh, sacrifice and being away from our friends and family for the, the duration, at least two months until both of them can visit us. Um, so it's going to be tough, man. I said with COVID, some guys, you never know what's going to happen. Hopefully the bubble stays safe. Um, but with that virus being out there, anybody being tested out of their families might be able to – and guys sacrificing the time of being home with their families and children uh, to be here. Um, also, during the time where, you know, social injustice is going on, where we have to try to use our voice and platform uh, to keep that movement and push that alive. So we're doing a lot of things for a bigger picture, bigger cause within our communities. Uh, so there's a lot going on, man. And it, with, with that being said, basketball is probably the least main concern of our focus, but we have to make it our main concern while we're here to try to get something special done. So I agree, it'd definitely be the hardest one if we were to get it done, and hopefully we do, man, knock on wood, and we bring it back to the city of Los Angeles because the city of Los Angeles deserves one. It's been a, a long time coming for them. Yeah, yeah, it's been a tumultuous season for you guys in terms of what you had to deal with. If you look back even to the Kobe um, passing and you look back at everything that happened in China, uh, and Danny, you alluded to it, and the challenge that comes with being in the bubble Sometimes players are going to have to leave, mm -hmm. whether it's for a, a family issue or, or something along those lines. And uh, more than likely, they're going to be uh, excused absences. Mm -hmm. A player on the Clippers by the name of Lou Will <laughs> left the bubble and uh, it was an excused absence. However, at one moment in time, social media tells us and apparently he told the NBA security that he ended up at Magic City. Mm -hmm. Danny, this is your podcast. JaVel McGee, you're a welcome guest. 
feel free to speak freely. <laughs> uh, Lou is my guy, man. I've known Lou since high school. I played against him, and, and he said he had a pretty clean slate up to this point, and everybody makes mistakes. Um, and he was home, and I'm sure he took advantage of being home, and he knows that it was probably the wrong thing to do uh, after it, it got out. Um, but before that even happened, I don't want to deteriorate or take away from the fact of the work that he's done in this league and, and outside this league off the court because he was definitely one of the major leaders in the meetings of we were having, um, you know, in our players' lounge with the injustices going on. He was getting guys together, talking and speaking out and letting it be known and kind of leading the charge in that way. Um, so I commend him on that. But, um, yeah, we, we all know that situation was not the, the greatest situation to be out in the, in the strip club for just for the food. I mean, there's, there's many other ways. Other food places out there we all know. There's other ways to get the food. Uh, but so he, he just took advantage of his time being home and, Unfortunately, one of the homies kind of put him out there and, uh, uh, you know, put him in harm's way a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I feel like this is a – okay, so you get to go – you get to leave, you go to a funeral, and you go to the strip club to get some food. What I heard somebody say, I don't know who, they were saying, like, if it wasn't a strip club and he was just at dinner and they took a picture, would it be the same – would it be, you know what I'm saying? Would it be the same? I, th- I think it would hold the same um, type, not, the, not as much weight, but I think it would hold, because when you're there, they want you at home, quarantine as much as possible. You shouldn't be out in public. You're testing every day. They want you to go home and just be home, you know, and be with your family for that. I, I would assume that's what they mean by that. So if you're out in the public eye, I don't know for sure, but I think it would still be an issue if you're taking a picture of people at a restaurant with NBA-issued masks. That's yeah. only for us. That's been only been out for two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just feel like sometimes we all make decisions that, at the time, seem like it's something that we should do. Um, definitely, definitely, in with the NBA mask though. At least you know what I'm saying. Lou is at least six foot, <laughs> and a nice little size where he can. You can be like, is that Lou Will? <laughs> but the, the mask, man, I gave it away. <laughs> he might have gotten away with it. Um, he, he might it might not have been nowhere if, if he didn't have an NBA mask on for real. Yeah. Uh, and you can answer this quickly. We don't have to get into it. Uh, wings at the strip club, fire. Um, not so fire. I'm I'm vegan right now, but I have been to the strip club before, and I have eaten wings before. And the strip club, the strip clubs low key have beautiful, have very well, very good kitchens. Like the food is amazing. I agree. I think I seen a picture of the Magic City food. Oh my god, that looked delicious. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it looked almost worth it. It looked almost worth it. Almost worth but, uh, it. I agree, man. And I'm not a big fan of strip clubs, but I think the best thing about it for me is the food and just late night spot. You actually, <laughs> that's you. Your opinion, my opinion, is different. Hey, the about it is definitely the food. Don't don't try to change his opinion, sir. Yeah, my opinion is the food because I mean, late night spot. You know, everyone still keep hanging out. And that's the only best place to go. But to me, I'm not as comfortable in that establishment. Two, three, not my, four, two is Harry. We know how you get down, Harry. Harry. But the food is good, and I will you know second that. And the food, the picture of that food made it almost look worth it. I was like, sheesh. You definitely use some of that right down here. Uh, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually, we'll stick to the Clippers, though. Uh, the interesting thing that it comes – that you guys are going to face in this season is that this is the first time where the Lakers are at a championship level and the Clippers are presumably at a championship level as well. Mm-hmm. 
as observers of the NBA and fans of the NBA growing up, do you feel that this adds another special element to what you guys are partaking in? And how much are you going to miss not playing in Staples Center? I mean, that's, that was part of the allure of a potential Lakers-Clippers playoff matchup. And I know you guys are considering everybody, but you know what the fans want. And that, that's going to be a missing element. Um, I definitely think we, we, we miss our fans for sure. Like, we play these scrimmages, and just the no fans is such a weird atmosphere. Man, we got to bring our own energy. Our fans, the Lakers fans always bring energy. I don't care how we're feeling. They always bring the energy and, and hype us up. So the fact that we don't have real fans is, is a crazy concept. Um, and the Staples Center is a, is a beautiful place also. That's home. You know what I'm saying? There's no home court advantage when, you, when you're not in the Staples Center. But I definitely think it's good for basketball for L.A. to have two teams that are, that are good and actually have a chance, to actually make it into the playoffs and actually have a chance to compete. For sure. Um, and I agree. We miss our fans dearly, man. Uh, we definitely love to have them. We kind of have a lot – we always have a lot of fun on the bench. We have to bring our own energy. But now we have to overemphasize it. Um, you know, guys, you can hear everything we're saying and doing. Uh, but we still have a lot of fun. But it would definitely be more fun if we had our fans there. I was said, I always try to look at the positives. Um, we're able to be more focused and able to communicate better defensively, offensively, hear each other from the sideline. Um, but it's on us to make it happen. But um, once again, to back Javel's statement, I think it's great that the city has two, two very good teams uh, that have an opportunity to make something special happen and actually match up and meet up in the playoffs uh, to where it can be, you know, some fun basketball for everybody to watch around across the country and throughout the world. Yeah, it's just another element that could make this season even more memorable. Um, having that type of matchup. Uh, in that type of matchup, it'd be interesting to see how you guys play. Uh, Javel, and you and Dwight have been great all year. Uh, and then add in th- th- AD, you guys have been tremendous defensively, protecting the paint, finishing, around, finishing in the paint. Uh, how do you, why do you think it's worked so well? And do you anticipate anything changing? Because there is a line of thinking that maybe the team will have to go small in certain matchups. Um, I feel like we have a good enough team to force teams to go big. Um, I, I always hated that, that, that notion of just because of the Warriors and how they play, everybody in the league feels like they have to go small. So I was like, so in my mind, I'm like, why can't we be the team that people have to go big for? So I feel like we're that good that we can we can make that adjustment and that and make other teams adjust to us. I agree. I, agree. I like the fact that we have um, the depth to go whichever way we want. You know, we can go small, we can go big, we can go you know a very you know lengthy lineup um, with you know a bunch of guys with a lot of wingspan. Um, so I like the fact that we have so many different threats and so many different pieces in our arsenal that we can switch it up and do whatever we like. Um, but I do like the fact that, you know, we have those guys that they make the game easier for us behind us, you know, protecting the rim, uh, him and Dwight and obviously AD too. Um, but also another lob threat when we at the rim and we get stuck, I can just throw the ball up, they'll, they'll go get it. Um, and I like forcing teams to play to us and not, you know, us trying to adjust to them. Um, so I like to have our lineups and they figure it out, not like, oh, they're going to small, so we have to go. I like we want to go where we want to go and make them force them because we I feel like we can maximize on any lineup we have and force teams to have to play to how we're we're playing. 
recently in a press conference, I believe, Danny, you said that mm-hmm. you, you were posed with a question about, about the team getting back to where it was after beating the Bucks and, and beating the Clippers. And I believe you said you want to be even better than that. Javel, I'm sure you want to be even better than that point in the season as well. And outside of conditioning and familiarity, are there some touch points where you could truly say, okay, we're the best versions of ourselves? Maybe Is it a certain mark of three-point shooting? Is it a certain defensive coverage, maybe pick and roll, transition defense? Are there certain things where you could say, all right, yeah, we're getting better. Oh, we're getting better. Oh, we are at our apex. Um, me personally, I think that won't we won't know that or feel that out until we actually start playing again. I think we have what eight games until uh, the playoffs. Um, I feel like that first game we'll really see what our touch is as a team, like how we're playing because this is a, it's a real game with real lineups and the real minutes that we're going to be playing in the playoffs and just for the re- re- rest of the eight games in the season. So uh, I feel like that's when we we'll really know like what what we need to work on. Uh, if we need to do this, get more shooting in and things like that. So, I agree. Uh, but also just looking at the practice standpoint, I think our defense is ahead of our offense right now. And I think it just takes time for us to get our legs back under us to be making shots. Um, but hopefully at this point, we're back in that type of shape. I've just seen JR starting to get his rhythm back. Deion starting to get his rhythm back. Everybody else is trying to get their rhythm back. Um, we'll see how AD is. Um, he's been out because he got poked in the eye. Obviously, Bron is Bron always. Um, he had pretty much good enough minutes to get his rhythm back. Uh, but so we won't know for sure until we start playing these seeded regular season games to where it's a real, you know, for us um, to get the real minutes. And then we'll go from there and figure out, you know, where we are defensively against, you know, good teams and that offensively. So um, it'll be uh, interesting to see. But I, I like the way our defense is right now and able to communicate except with no fans in there. Uh, but offensively, I want to see how we move the ball and how well we get uh, our legs under us when we're shooting it. Danny, before you ask that last question, mm-hmm. Javel and, and Danny, are you guys gonna do that cool handshake that you did? Of course, bro. The... Yeah, you think it's gonna stop now? Come on, man. <laughs> Don't stop, won't stop. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, speak, speaking of, um, you know, he's the, the big man sniper. They have the he's a. Uh, did you win today, Joel? In, in the game that you played with the? Uh... I didn't. Close to close one. You gotta hold us down. So he's he's a big. What game is this? He's, they, they do a shooting game with the bigs, but, um, you know, he, maybe not in the practice or the shooting games he doesn't win, but on the court he has the, the big man highest percent. Well, him and Dwight have been shooting well. but um, 60%. They're, they're uh, the big man snipers, so he's been holding it down. Uh, speaking of, you know, obviously the fans, a lot of people know, maybe they don't know, but they, you know that you do music. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually need, we don't need, but we would love to have uh, some new music on the producing side of our show. How many threes do I need to hit in a game for us to get you to produce the podcast music intro? One game, one game, one game, man, one game. I need, I need six of them things. What's that? Eighteen points and all. Yeah. I need six. Hey, of them. Daddy. Okay. You want? I, I, we can freshen up the musical palette. Just, yeah, just let it off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Nah, your beatboxing day is over, bro. And the uh, intro yeah. of you. He used to have – well, I, didn't, I used to try to beat him. Oh, gosh. He used to have an intro. We used to have an um, instrumental, and then he would also intro the, the guests. I don't know when that stopped, but it was bad. It was, it was okay. <laughs> We couldn't bring it to L.A. It wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't good. And, you know, he had the intro. He tried to, you know, like he was NBA game, but have his little bars. It didn't go well, so we, we had to cut that part out. So we need some different, better music intros. That's funny. Yeah, man. 
think that's pretty much it. JaVel, we appreciate your time again. Uh, I know you hopped on with us during the first Plug the, uh, edition of this quarantine. But obviously, yes, you got a vlog. You got a music channel. You got a lot going on. So got a lot going on. Platform's yours. I got my YouTube uh, right now. The my vlog, Life in the Bubble, is going crazy. Danny had a Danny takeover on on the episode before the last one. Um, everybody's loving it, uh, and I need everybody to go subscribe, like, comment, do everything you need to do. Read, rate, subscribe, review, all those things, and then of oh. course you got the Jug Life, and then of course you got the music. So, hey, Javel, Danny and I actually talked about this. And when he did the takeover, we were texting and we said, salute to Javel, because some days you just don't want people <laughs> all up in your business. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You just yeah. don't want them in your business. Yeah, so something. are you committed <laughs> to continuing the vlog? Luckily, I do them three times. So I put out an episode three times a week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um so I get days off to where I can just put it down. Like, you know what? Especially game days. Game days I don't record at all because um, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. It's basketball and basketball only. I don't need to be carrying around the camera worrying about storylines and things like that. I'm, I'm focused on basketball. Um, but, like, it's only three days. So it'll be a Friday and a Saturday. Friday, I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Saturday, I get a whole bunch done. Sunday, I get a whole bunch done. That could be two episodes right there and hold me over. So it's like a buildup to where mm. I, I spread out my week to where I can get a lot of a lot of content and I can chill for a couple of days and I have to carry the camera around. But I swear those days that I chill, I, I, I experience with my own eyes the best content. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I recorded that. You got to get one of those cameras. You could just put on your put on oh, your head. I actually have I actually have the GoPro chest plate. I was thinking about turning that thing on, you know, just walking around. But you never know. Well, appreciate your time, man. Um, it's been real, man. It's been a good. It's always been fun, and obviously, yeah. good luck with the vlog. Staying committed to it. It's a commitment, and it's tough, bro. Yeah, I don't know if I can do it every day. Oh, I got to bring the camera. I got to. Yeah, that's a commitment, bro. But I know you're committed to it. I know you give the people what they want to see, what they want to hear. And we appreciate it. We appreciate watching it and, and seeing it, you know, live and also being a part of it. So I appreciate you letting me be a part of that. Uh, but Let, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Harry. My bad. Let's just say Danny doesn't hit six threes in a game. <laughs> what, if, what if he throws you three A1 quality lobs <laughs> can that substitute the six threes i need, I need four quality lobs in it yeah there we go one trash <laughs> lob you need one of those like one of those that make it really lean all the way back exactly exactly the intro the intro in uh in my in my vlog is uh actually one of my songs that i made in like 2016 but it fits perfect. I mean, not 16, 18, but it fits perfectly with the. So, yeah, I got some. I got something for you. Dope, dope. Hi, Danny. All right, man. I'm, I'm getting to work. I got to get to work. But we appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you joining That's us man. again. Uh, enjoy the time in the bubble. Good luck with the vlog, and we'll hopefully see you soon, bro. Welcome back to more Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. You know who I am, Harrison Sanford. That's Danny. And we are joined by ESPN, the undefeated, Mark Spears. 
uh, one of the veteran news writers, reporters in the game, uh, also a member of the National Association of Black Journalists. I've been trying to get Danny to go because Mark is known to be the head of some of the better parties for the journalistic folk during the summers. Uh, but now we're spending, or you guys are spending your summer in the bubble. Uh, yeah. Danny, I know we've talked about that, and obviously that's where we brought Mark here as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we're also going to do the party in, uh, virtually this year. So with NBA DJs, giving you all a little scoop about the National Association of Black Journalists Party. And uh, so we're going to have DJs from three different NBA teams next month. It's going to be pretty dope. Got to get Danny in VIP virtually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, man. And definitely when I have some free time, I'm going to check it out. Check when I was out with, uh, with Harry, if he, if he uh, ever invites me. I never got the invite. but Well, no, yeah. you got the invite from me I, there, there's steve smith and some other nba players have gone to the national association of black journalists conference and, and and you know this i and i'm just running my mouth but the nba com competition after you're done playing for those tv spots may be even more competitive than it is to actually get in the league for sure so i sure. keep telling nba players you want to get a heads up Go to the uh, convention and meet the folks from ESPN. Meet meet Tara August from Turner. Have some time with them, and and kind of get a leg up, get ahead of the game. And then so when you're done, boom, you're already in. I'm gonna need so, that, man. I need all of that. Next year it's in Houston. After y'all win your second straight championship, you know, you come out there and uh, I'll make you a special guest. For sure. Actually, getting married in Houston next summer. Hopefully, things go well the way it's supposed to. Uh, yeah. Backed up crazy, but next summer I'm supposed to be in Houston. Well, good vibes for that, brother. Good yeah, vibes for that. It's going to be just fine. Okay. Um, well, so being here inside the bubble, I mean, everybody gets to see and hear from us. Um, everybody that has vlogs, podcasts, um, every different platform. So everybody knows what the challenges are and how life is in the bubble for us. Uh, but from a report, like a reporter standpoint, you know, what are some of the challenges that you guys have to go through and face uh, being in the bubble? Uh, let the, tell the people what your kind of day to day and, you know, the things that you guys have to go through um, living here? Well, a lot of it is the same thing that, you know, you guys as the players have to get in. Like, you know, Danny has this. I got this. Mm -hmm. Today, I forgot this, Danny, for the first time. <laughs> and, and so this is like our tracking device, to be honest. <laughs> it's our key to our room. It also, when, we, when I go to Lakers practice, as, as I did yesterday, we have to put it on this like silver box, Mickey Mouse box, mm -hmm. and a color comes out. It will instantly tell you if you took your COVID test today, if you took your oxygen, what your temperature is. And it could be Danny, it could be LeBron, it could be AD, it don't matter. If you haven't done what you're supposed to done, have done, they'll send you back to your room. And I'm sure Danny got some stories about somebody getting sent back. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different for us. Um... They, uh, like I said, this checks you in and out of your hotel room, but it also checks you in and out of every gym, every building where you go to eat. Um, and it's a little silver box. And when you're checking in and out, if it goes green, you're clear. But if it goes blue or something else or keeps circling, that means you haven't done the My Health app that we have to do every day, every morning. And you haven't done your My Health app uh, updates, which means a lot of times they have somebody there to take your temperature and oxygen yeah. right there so that you know, yeah. can plug it in. Uh, but you can't go until they you know, take your, your – temperature and, and move forward but I said, this is kind of a tracking device now they got everybody uh, sending everybody's numbers out like there's a, there's a number inside the bin so they have yeah. everybody listing numbers um i guess just 
keeping tabs on what everybody's doing, where they're going, and who's supposed to be here, who's not. So, um, but you know what, Danny, I don't mind it because, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think this is the safest place on earth for a black man right now. The safest place on earth for anybody. <laughs> you know, like. Anybody, man. Yeah. Nobody getting in, nobody getting out. They're, making, they're keeping very close tabs on everybody here who's yeah. leaving. Nobody's sneaking in, nobody's sneaking out. No, um, man. Like, they, they think that, they think y'all got some, like, underground rail, bro. <laughs> no. They got people everywhere. And I actually interviewed uh, Rosalind Durant, who runs uh, Walt Disney's World of Sports. She actually got started the job two days before the pandemic. She's in charge of all black women, in charge of all the arenas and stuff here. She, I interviewed her on our premises the other day, and – she said, I'm a, I'm, I wish I could hug you. I'm a huggy person. That's, you know, just how I am. I'm Southern. So I was like, oh, I'm cool with it. And she goes, no, there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, I better tell everybody that. The lady from Walt Disney World of Sports tell me there's cameras everywhere. People better be careful, man. Like, the, the, the Big Brother is watching here for sure. But I, seriously, yep. But they got it. Man, look, I'm going to put them out there. They got it way better than us, bro. Oh, they yeah. got restaurants. They got. They could go to different hotels. They could get hot food. <laughs> they they can order something. There, if I go outside my door, I could see this restaurant, Danny. It's like the one by the water. You know what I'm talking about, right? From it, we can't we can't go in there. I just watch them go eat, <laughs> walk out, in and out of there every day. What about siesta? Are you allowed to go to siesta? We can't go nowhere. Oh, so we don't have no restaurant, just no bar. That you guys have that little lounge that you guys have. We, we got a refrigerator. We grab food out of. Out of that little lounge, right? Like across yeah, that rest yeah. That one restaurant with all the TVs. You guys allowed in there? Yeah. No, no. That's the little bar area. They all have in there. Mm. Wow. So Man. we even walk in there. Some Mickey Mouse come in and beat the <laughs> shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We can't go nowhere, man. Like, hey, Daddy, you got to come to the hood. We call it the hood, man. You go by the pool. Like, everybody got all this bootleg liquor, man. We got wine. We got vodka. Like, we got uh, our Beats pill. We playing music. Gotta, it's a good time, man. Nah, you got to go get your street cred, Danny. They got They do that over here, too. We have a little bar over here. That some night, Like, a lot of nice people in there. There's a little lounge bar area that they play their little beat pill music. Um, I don't know if it's on that side, but I still definitely check it. I haven't been able to even – well, I have been able to, but I, I haven't taken advantage of going to other hotels. i just seen Will Hardy when my coach, my coaching staff when I was in San Antonio. My guy, I got a chance to see him. He's going to eat with Chad Forcier, another former coach yeah. of mine. Um, so I haven't got a chance to, you know, eat dinner with them or check out other places, but I'm definitely looking forward to checking out how the, how the hood is, man. You got an open invitation to the hood. Appreciate that, man. You know, Danny, you brought up uh, something there, and that's something that we're going to touch on with Mark later, uh, the status of head coaches and, and front office personnel in the league right now as it pertains to di uh, diversity as, as we get further into uh, more discussion about inclusion and, and the Black Lives Matters movement. But before we go there, uh, Danny has a little light at the end of the tunnel, Mark. Not just he's living relatively good for bubble life compared to what the reporters have to go through. Uh, but also, uh, he's fighting for a title, and he has his family members can attend at some point. Uh, mm -hmm. Mark, as a reporter, can you bring loved ones with you, or is that lock or is it just you? Just me, man. <laughs> I got I got married a year ago last Monday. 
Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, Happy thanks, birthday. man. FaceTime so, anniversary. Yeah. So, but we but we celebrated like before we we I left. Okay. We did all that. She 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 got her what they said her flowers. She got her flowers. <laughs> she got her, she got her jewelry. She got her, her she got she and she deserve every bit of it, man. You know, cause this even though when Danny makes it to the second round, like his people was coming, it's got to be crushing his his lady right now. It's got to be crushing your family, like. They are so worried about me, so I can only imagine, like, I got more care packages. Yeah. I got enough snacks for the whole <laughs> the whole department. And it, I got all the new snacks. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you want, I, I got it. And it's, it's love. Like, my mom calls me and is, like, worried. And I'm like, but now, Danny, as you know, you know, Harrison, as you know, when you're seeing the, the results of the test, like, I'm glad I'm in here, man. Like, Hopefully I'm here to the middle of October and that when we walk out of here, things have calmed down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me, I had no problem taking that test every day. I, I keep watching the news and it's scary. Like, I don't, I don't want to leave. Mm. Mm. And, and despite what I'm missing on the outside, chicken wings and all, you know what I'm <laughs> Magic City I, rings. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm good, man. I, I I feel like this is like shoot, man. Like I, I I'm literally like after being in here, Danny. Like hearing my friends say they're getting COVID tests and here 18 days later. Like what? What does those results mean? 18 days later, yeah, it's worthless. Can. Like. We we're blessed in here, man. We are blessed every day to get get the treatment that they they're giving us. Results every day. I said get them back soon, but I said this is definitely the safest place I think right now in the country. Um, yeah, the NBA has done a, a great job going above and beyond, making us feel as comfortable as we possibly can, but keeping us as safe as possibly can. Uh, hey, Danny, yeah. let me ask you this too: Do you are the, what you just said? Would you have said that the day you walked in, or do you think like? After a couple of days, you're like, okay, because I think everybody until you you're here and you see it, mm -hmm. it's really hard to understand how amazing scientifically and historical this is. Um, I, I thought no from the jump. I thought it would be safe the way that they were handling it. Um, I thought that I honestly thought it was too extreme. Some of the things that they were doing, yeah. uh, we were testing it right beforehand, and they found out everybody's negative. And testing, we got here, and then quarantining. It made sense that everybody would be clear of it. Um, so to me, it didn't make sense that we needed to test every day. Uh, but now that they're they get explained how the virus works and how times they can how they can detect it and how sometimes undetectable at times, um, it makes sense why they they they're taking precautions to do it every day and catch it. If anybody comes close to having it, they can quarantine that person and not let it spread. Um, but I thought from day one that it would be a safe place. Uh, coming here um, because they're testing everybody before they come or testing when everybody gets here and then they quarantine people. When everybody had any results, they would quarantine them longer here or send them back home. So I didn't have any doubts of it. I think most people just doubting the rules. I said not, not having to see a family member for two months, yeah. um, testing every day, um, just have being stuck in a bubble, not having access to certain things. Guys were like, man, how are they going to do this? How is it going to work? And we can't, you know, it's going to be hard to live. It's going to be a real sacrifice. But when you're here and you go through about a week of it, it becomes habitual. Um, you know, daily thing, and you're just used to it. And it's not really that crazy. Um, so it's kind of like camp. So 
Yeah. The bubble's got more populated since you guys came up quarantine, so we have yeah. seen people say hello. Guys are doing more things, opening up. Bowling's opening up, fishing, yeah. golf. Guys love that. And you said that some of the restaurants now are able to go to different hotels now to check out different stuff. So yeah. it's been cool, man. But it's just looking forward. I think a lot of guys are looking forward to having that, that little break to have family and friends or hey. loved ones coming after that two months, man. So, But I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a mess with you on this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Harrison, you ready? Oh, I'm in it. I'm ready. So imagine game seven. At the end of the first round, mm-hmm. you got family members from both teams quarantined trying to get in. Somebody going to get their feelings hurt. Somebody, lady, your mama going to be mad. Like, imagine you, there are going to be potentially people quarantining that could get knocked out in the game seven and can't get in. Oh, you said you're talking about quarantining in advance in anticipation of. Yeah. Because you want to, uh, like, I'm sure – that all the Lakers pe- ladies or mom, dad, whoever they bring, like, please sweep in the first round because the quicker y'all get done, and that's like extra motivation for a team like the Lakers uh, or, or the Bucks or Clippers or the Raptors. The sooner you get done, the sooner your people could come in, I believe. I don't think mm-hmm. it's like I don't. I haven't heard the rules as whether it's you got to wait to everybody. Maybe you have to wait. I don't know, but I think there's going – I think you, you gotta, do. It's all at one time. I think it's a date. I think it's a date. I think it's the, yeah. t- the specific date that everybody can show up and have the quarantine yeah. at the time. Um, so I, I, I may be incorrect, but from what I heard, I think it was the 28th of August that people can not be in the bubble, but they have to quarantine at the time. So have to do yeah. that. Days. But, but so somebody gonna be mad and want to be like, you know, you at sure. least gonna take me to Disney. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, the fact that most people are going to be uh, caught off guard or be upset if their people come in and actually have something. That means they have to quarantine longer and get sent back home. That's yeah. a, a sticky situation. And there's going to be that. For there sure. probably will be that. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. Um, but on another, another subject on bigger matters, uh, the bigger picture of what's going on, a lot of guys have been active here. I'm having meetings and we've been discussing. Uh, social injustices and, and things going on and what we want to do, what kind of statements we want to make moving forward uh, of keeping everyone's name alive and certain emphasis of voting uh, and Breonna Taylor. And there's a million other names we could pick from the hat um, that have, you know, been done wrong and deserve justice. Um, being as being a black man in America, I mean, what has stood out to you about this generation's athletes, particularly during the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, first of all, and, and I know you, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see you in that jersey that says how many more. Mm-hmm. Like, tomorrow, get, forgive me if I cry tomorrow. Yeah. Forgive me. Because mm-hmm. to see a white man wearing a, a, a jersey that says Black Lives Matter on it, to see you having something that says how many more, to see, which I've been told, 20 international players wearing stuff from different languages that, you know, uh, Luca is going to wear something in Slovenia, Slovenia, Slovenian language that means equality. And some kid in Slovenia is going to see it and be inspired by it. Like, all, all due respect for the guys, and there's a lot of stars that decided not to. That's their prerogative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. But for the people that did it, I think when you put that jersey on tomorrow, Danny, it's different, man. It's gonna it, it, it's gonna be special 
your people back home are going to see you wearing that jersey. When you run by the sign that says Black Lives Matter, that's special, man. So thank you for wearing that jersey. I think y'all going to, like, warm the hearts of the world. I truly believe that there's going to be some kids somewhere. Like, this isn't my generation where we didn't have these. I had Encyclopedia Britannicus. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was my Google search. But there's going to be some kid who lives in a racist environment or a cold environment or, or maybe a, be a product of their environment. Like Sam Presti said, he never met anybody black till he was in the fifth grade. And look, and look how, you know, deep and dope Sam Presti is. It's going to be an educational thing from – it already has been. I mean, you guys have been more than amazing. As um, Alvin Gentry said yesterday – the, the LeBron Jameses and Chris Pauls of the world are not going to let this stop. Danny Green's not going to let this stop. I expect that when we get to October that the same fire that these guys have in exhibition games that they're going to have tomorrow will be loud, and, and we're going to hear Breonna Taylor, and I don't think it's going to – I am so proud of the players, man. So proud of the players. So proud of the fact that they're not only doing what they're doing, but they're educated on it. These dudes aren't dummies, man. They're reading about it. They're educating the world. They're they're making a stance. And and I hope my media brethren, like, man, call us out. If if like some of us have been called out for like, okay, I want I mean, we have to do our jobs. We have to ask you about the game. Luckily, I, as a writer for Undefeated, I care more about the social injustice fighting against that and Black Lives Matter. But I think the media has done a good job so far. I think the players have done an outstanding job. So, man, I'm thinking you and as a black man, thank you in advance for all of you guys for wearing these jerseys, for, for yelling at the press conferences, for educating the world. There is no bigger social movement than what's going on here in the bubble. And I thank you guys. And, uh, you know, I, all my brothers that are on the outside call me, man, so, so, you guys are doing more than you know. So thank you. Yeah, man, um, really no thanks necessary. Man. I appreciate you guys, um, you know, backing us and everything that we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's been a true honor just to be able to be in this position. You know, as well, we'll be on the forefront. Of we don't know. For some odd reason, everybody looks to us, uh, even if you're not a superstar. Uh, but to be able to use our platforms like this podcast and using media um, availability to be able to get a word across and be able to change our communities with that single interview um, is huge. And it's, it's a true yeah. honor to be able to be a part of this and help lead, you know, this movement that we have going on. Can uh, you do me a favor, though? Of course, man. Anything. When you check in tomorrow, take a moment. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing you need to do when you get married. For sure. You and your lady need to take a moment and just look at everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. But tomorrow, I want you to take a moment when you check in and look what's on the ground. Yeah. And look at the jerseys. Like, take a moment for that because that's, that's special, man. For when sure. you run into the game with that on the back of your – that's special. Definitely. Yeah. Mark, as somebody who's who's covered the league, what obviously the the death of George Floyd really put an emphasis on what's been happening in terms of police brutality 
and the comments that have been made from the president have only heightened uh, tensions. But what do you think was the, the, the trigger in today's athlete, today's NBA player to speak up? And obviously we've seen uh, generations of athletes be more vocal. Yeah. It feels like this one, uh, this generation right now, particularly in this movement, is more vocal than ever and, and at a level of comfort. You yeah. can go back to you know the Jordan era where you know the famous quote was Republicans also buy sneakers as well and you know players yeah. maybe play it more PC and there's even more money on the line now and players are being even more vocal. Uh, uh, yeah. What do, what do you think happened, Danny? How many years you been in the league now? Year eleven for me, man. Um, so decent amount of time. I I don't know if and eleven years ago they would have been as loud. For sure not. No. Uh, um, now, social media, I think, has played a, a major role in changing this. The fact that you could – we had these phones 10 years, but they weren't as magnificent as they are now. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't the ability for you guys to just press a button and give your word. I, I'm just some lowly media dude, and I have a half a million followers. Like, that is I – remember, I remember when I told my cousin, I got 20,000 followers. <laughs> If I push a button, like, 20, that's just enough to fill in the NBA arena. So, I, the fact that I have a half a million, like, there, there's a platform with that, you know. And so these guys have the ability now, no matter what we say, right or wrong as media, y'all could go wherever you want and give your own message. You could give your own video. You could tell your own story on Players Tribune. You you could you know you could tell it on undefeated, hint hint Danny. Um, they have so many ways in which to talk, to talk with confidence, to to give your words so your words aren't misconstrued. I I think this is. I, I wonder what Michael Jordan would have been like in this era. You know, like people beat up on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan had the ability to speak for himself more when he was going through the gambling stuff, there probably maybe a lot of stuff would have been different. But he he didn't have he couldn't say, "Look, watch this video. Let me speak." You know what I mean? And so I think, but you could have a platform and let it let it rot, let it get dust on it, and no league would, NBA is the forefront of speaking and I, I respect a lot of the players um, for having that confidence, which I even think wasn't even the case five years ago. I, I ask you this, Danny, if Donald Sterling happened now, oh. I think the whole league would be shut down. Yeah. These dudes wouldn't be playing. He, and he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. He lasted a lot longer than he did. Um, yeah. They would, have, they would have had him out of there sooner. There wasn't a, Clippers wouldn't have played. Warriors wouldn't have played. Danny, I don't know. I'm trying to remember who you were playing. Maybe Cleveland at the time? No, I was in San Antonio. You were in San Antonio. You, you, guys, you guys wouldn't have played. I yeah. can't imagine Pop right now. Yeah. But that I think that's a sign of the times, and social media has, has certainly changed a lot of that. Yeah, we're more than thankful for social media allowing uh, everybody to have a, a bigger voice. Uh, Mark, with the slight flex here, I'm still working on my numbers, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's all. Good. Hey man, you're a lot younger than me. You good? I got time. I got time. Yeah. Uh, 
Mark, before we let you go, I know you've been working on a book with Gary Washburn uh, yeah. on, on Spencer Hayward. Uh, can you elaborate for our audience what, what it is going to detail? And then, uh, Danny, after that's done, I guess we'll tell our fans goodbye. For sure. For sure. Um, Spencer Haywood has one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. You're talking about a, a guy from um, small town Mississippi who was literally picking cotton as a kid credits the way he picked cotton as a kid and him becoming a great rebounder um dealt with extreme racism um when jfk died and he was working at a golf course with a bunch of other black boys at all white golf course they hit golf balls at the kids including him to say yeah you know that nigger lover died so we're we're, we're gonna take it out on you guys as a celebration um he, this dude ate a roadkill. He killed stuff with bow and arrow. His story's crazy. And he was married to Amon. And he was like the only NBA player I know that got kicked out of the playoffs for drug use. Kicked off. He, the 80 Lakers, I think he was on that team. He got kicked off the team for drug use. Like his story is absolutely crazy. And we wrote it. Myself, Gary Washburn, it comes out October 6th. In fact, I want him to be a guest with you guys. Say less. We had to get him. He's a character and a half. I'm, I'm sure you guys met him already. But I collaborated with Gary Washburn, from the, the great writer from the Boston Globe on it. And I'll say this, Danny, like, and Harrison, that's our first book. I've been covering NBA over 20 years. Uh, Gary's been covering NBA over 20 years, and it's our wow. first book. So I hope David Aldridge told me the other day he never has been offered a book deal. Hmm. David Aldridge. Wow. So my hope, even with this little book that we're doing, is that people could see like black 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 writers can write books too, man. So I'm hoping more players, more athletes give us the opportunity to tell their stories. And it, it for us to do this one as our first one, I'm really, really proud of this and I hope people get to read it. Congratulations, man. That's dope. Thanks. Is there a certain specific place that people need to know to find it or where to get it? Amazon. Okay. Everybody got that app. Yeah, Amazon's going up. Just put Spencer Haywood in it and it'll come up. You'll, you'll find it easy. But it comes out October 6th, and I'll make sure y'all get a free copy, man. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I'll give you some uh, bubble, bubble reading. I'll for sure read that one. I don't read many books, but I'll for sure read that one. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, man, I know you might have wanted to take the floor or the opportunity to ask questions yourself. Um, so if you have anything for us, man, go ahead. If not, you know, we'll tell the listeners to read, rate, subscribe, review, all the <laughs> terms that I use to tell people to, ch- to tune in. Well, one, congrats on your podcast. I Thank think you. it's amazing. I, I, I think it's dope. You guys are good. I think my biggest question to you is – for a, a with a player on a team that is expected to win a championship, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep it on the social justice front. Okay, how do you guys get keep from getting fatigued? How mm. do you come keep coming up with something new? How do you the the same life that you're gonna have tomorrow night? Mm-hmm. How do you have it October 13 in Game Seven of the Finals? That's a great question, man. But we for sure, um, I would say, competitive spirit and atmosphere. We kind of don't want to get too close to everybody around here, you know what I'm saying? But it's only natural that because we know everybody. We've grown up playing against each other for years and years to come that we 
going to hang out and see each other, but we also have meetings as, as you know, try to do them as often as we can um, as a front, like a unit, not just, you know, each team, but each hotel and either other hotels that come across. Uh, so whatever we do tomorrow, we plan on doing for the duration of the time that we're here. And as that time goes on, um, it's not just for regular season, not just for play, but at the duration that we're here. And as time goes on, we're going to have some more meetings. We have some more discussions. Um, and it may not happen as, a, as you know, a whole unit, as a, the whole bubble, but it will happen as different teams will come up with different things that they do within their organization that they can, you know, portray to the audience uh, that we want them to feel or see. And so we're using our platform and media um, availability to do that. Uh, so we expect to try to keep that alive, what we're doing, and add more things each time that we, um, you know, with each game. But um, we definitely, I think, got to make a good stand and statement tomorrow and hopefully keep that alive uh, throughout the whole duration that we're staying here in this bubble. All right, I got two quick questions. Go ahead, man. One, Harrison, you've seen it. Y'all mm -hmm. bench is live. Yeah, <laughs> and and oh, yeah. I think it and I think it's brilliant because tell me if I'm wrong, Danny. At the games, it's like playing in the library. Yeah, <laughs> it's quiet, man. So I actually think the Lakers bench has been smart, and I don't know if you guys are just that's your natural energy or you're doing it on purpose, but I feel like y'all fun on the bench, whether it's the starters or the guys coming off the bench, is really energizing your team. And, and something that I think you have to have it every game to keep from the doldrums of feeling like you're playing in a library. Uh, yes, it, uh, it's, it's more – we are always like that on the sideline. It's more natural, but we're definitely making an emphasis um, to, to use that advantage of letting our defense know what we see and offensively what we see, but also giving our guys that energy. And that's the only way we can stay in the game. We're not as tight or close to each other. We always have fun on the sideline regardless – um, we got to throw back, so but now we feel like it's a good. Maybe, time. maybe we hear it more because of the situation, sure. right? You're For the same sure. Thing. But you know, to keep our, our our bodies, minds into the game, we're on the sideline, you know, and also keeping our guys encouraged because they're not getting real fan noise, they're not getting real that you know encouragement behind them to get their adrenaline going. But if we have us there, you know, yelling and screaming for them, letting them know how much these players mean or how big of a play that might have happened, um, you know, to keep them going, keep them alive. So. Um, we definitely make an emphasis, but that's just us. You know, we always have that yeah. natural where we, you know, back each other and, and you know, bring that to the to the game. But it's just, I think we, we need that more now and to use it to our advantage, defensively especially, to uh, you know, help our defense be better. And and my last question: What did you buy for your room <laughs> that people would be surprised about? But you like, man, no, nah, I need that. And I and and I answer this too by saying, I told y'all before, I, I got an old school coffee pot i grind my own beans i make my own coffee every morning wow i had to have my own coffee i got a hot a old school hot plate my mama sent me <laughs> because our food they get uh, is cold <laughs> a lot of times are lukewarm and i had some chicken i need my chicken crispy man you get I need crispy. no microwaves no, no microwaves oh. but i got a i got a toaster oven so i like i, yeah. I, I so need it crispy hey, yeah. Danny, but Danny, but here's what i got mm -hmm. I got my wine, my wine refrigerator. Okay, okay. Josh Hart actually gave me that idea, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. But what do you have that somebody be like, dang, I'm surprised you like. I think coffee or wine refrigerator for me. But what is it for you? Oh, uh, so we got lucky. We were provided some microwaves, so we didn't. And my dad suggested you should get like a former girl, a little hot plate or something. I'm like, I'm good with the microwave, man. And that we get pretty good heated food when we go to eat at restaurants or down in our team rooms. Uh, so the only thing that I really needed 
was a fridge. We had a refrigerator, but a small refrigerator. So I needed a regular refrigerator. I got a bigger refrigerator, um, you know, to refrigerate some more drinks and stuff like that. And also meals. So we're getting so much more food. We can save. We can, you know, if you don't eat it right then and now, um, you could, you know, refrigerate it. Um, Danny's really flexing with his food on you, Mark. He's really flexing. <laughs> <laughs> we all got the same food. When we were quarantined, we all got the same food. They put it at your door, and it was a lot of food. And yeah. containers, so and a lot of it I couldn't finish. I would save some of the fruits and stuff like that, but I didn't have no yeah. you know, room in my fridge to save you know some, some grapes, orange, and drinks. Uh, so I had to order a fridge, man. And the other thing that I, I had to get outside of snack, because they're not allowing Amazon Fresh to deliver here. You can't yeah. get bread yeah. you want to you have to go downstairs and get find the little small cartons of milk or find the, the bread that they give you um but i had to order some cereal i had to get some snacks i had to get some <laughs> what cereal man what cereal and some of them didn't make it here yet but i do got my lucky charms here right now my fruity pebbles and cinnamon toast crunch i'm still waiting on my <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey man you're you gonna be here for a while yeah you living here so i'm waiting on my captain crunch and my frosted flakes <laughs> Got some other snacks, man. I made sure I loaded up on snacks. Uh, my liquid IV, so hydrate, so because I have a lot of yeah, things. I got that too. Liquid IV, uh, but the biggest thing was was the fridge, man. And I, and I know when when wifey comes, ain't a lot of space here in the closet, so I had to get one of those portable, you know, hanging closets. You bought a closet? I didn't buy a closet. I bought a little rack that you can. Hang yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't have it here yet, but it's on the way. So by the time she gets here, we'll have another hanging like hot closet on the side. Hang some, hang some clothes up. Let's so, go, man. But um, yeah, man. I appreciate the time. We appreciate your time. It's been amazing, man. Thanks for joining for us. Sure.